How do you do? I do very well. How do you do? I'm all right, man. What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling? All right. That's fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough. This Thursday. It's about noon. So it's Ergo Radio on WHPK 88.5, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Damon. And I'm Kiss. What we do here is we showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. Artists, writers, organizers, poets, rappers, musicians, folks reshaping the culture of our city and our country for the more equitable and the more creative. We're in the midst of a five-episode Ergo Run It Back series. That's the term I came up for. It's, it's kind of like... um on Martin, like in between at the end of the season when like Tisha Campbell was like, and then in this episode, Martin said this. This was one of the funniest moments. We don't let's yeah. I think if this we root, like a, if we root what we do in Martin, I think that we can't go wrong. Like I think <laughs> we'll be okay. We have a very special return guest here on the show this week. But first, any community announcement? First of all, Dame, just how are you? I haven't seen you in a minute. Uh I'm alright. My announcement is that I am alive. Congratulations. Yes, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Do you want to just tell the people a little bit, or should we save it for later? We can, we, we can we'll save we, it for later. We'll throw that in the gumbo. <laughs> a couple community announcements <laughs> real quick. Uh, tonight, that's Thursday night, um, Alderman Carlos Rosa is doing uh, a event called Filling Potholes, Fighting Neoliberalism, which is one of the all-time great titles that's for a, anything. That's a good title. It's at 8.30 p.m. That's got to be hard to live up to that title. Which part? The filling the puddles or the fighting the neoliberalism? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing really interesting work in the city. He's one of the only younger aldermen. We'll get him up here eventually. You know, we know he does podcasts, as we'll talk about in a minute. Um, this is not a Chicago announcement, but I just it felt remiss if I didn't mention that today in Tremont Park in the Bronx, Jadakiss is doing a free concert. <laughs> So I just needed to put that out in the world because that just seemed important to me. <laughs> Lastly, um, we're going back on tour in the fall. We're booking out our fall and spring semesters right now. Get at us uh, if you want to bring us to your campus to do a workshop on media dialogue and radical imagination. We also bring artists from here who've been on the show to come perform. Uh, it's been really fun. Get at us, uh, Ergo Radio at Gmail, or just hit us on Twitter at Ergo Radio. Uh, get your T-shirt. And then lastly, I just realized around the 100th, 100th episode, we didn't really do a formal thank you um, to two people. One is Post Loudness, our podcast collective that Shut we're part up, of. Post Loudness. Uh, we really appreciate the support that they've been giving for over a year at this point. We've been part of that. And the other person is Lola Garcia, who is our associate producer, who doesn't find her way up here very often because she's in school in different places. But she's been working with us for over a year, helping us out with booking and other things around the show. So shout out to you, Lola. And sorry shout we didn't shout you out last week any last things you want to throw in there nah cool <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special guest back on the whbk airwaves today one of my favorite people someone who i think of all the people we've had up here you're the person who i knew maybe the least when you came up and i've gotten to know mm. the most since then so that's been kind of fun to see and i'm excited to to have you back up here folks make some noise for Ricardo Gamboa. Do some like cultural, or, or do the, yeah, yeah. culturally <laughs> insensitive, like brown, like. Yeah, I, left my, I left my culturally insensitive <laughs> soundboard at home. Let's, let's translate to the Ricardo Gamboa. Yeah, right. Ricardo Gamboa. That's actually a great place to start. You know, we've been doing this this live news talk show that you created, uh, the Hawazi, and you always started with that. Uh, first of all, you want to 
like give an example of how you start the the, the name yeah double up <laughs> i just think it's an interesting it's like, ladies gentlemen gender non-conforming individuals and trans deities welcome to another episode of the hood wazi and then it's like uh i'm your host ricardo gamboa or ricardo gamboa <laughs> it's just me switching between colonized tongues yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be able to bounce back and forth right. real quick uh, but when i think it's a good jumping off point where did you like start getting the idea what's the response that you've seen literally just on that little language play or other stuff that kind of feels like that where you're it's not poking fun it's just kind of poking the getting people on their on the edge of their seat a little bit getting them off their their kind of yeah i mean i think work. like every show like there's kind of like an immediate like you you hear the immediate feedback right Either like people like cracking up and like you know like oh <laughs> type of shit um but i think part of it is um you know is is like about that idea of um kind of question like if like language is like where authority in any right it's like written in laws right like it's written in history it's like where where it happens so being able to say right like that we're allowed to shuttle between languages we're allowed to kind of play master play off of right like then also puts into flux who actually has the authority right so it's very tempting with you up here to just kind of like put quarters in the jukebox because I know you just know a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but I want to <laughs> start with where we always try to start the show, which is on this day, in this moment, in this season, uh, how are you treating the world and how is the world treating you? Shit, man. It's like this bizarre mix of like, you know, I'm an Aquarius, so there's already like extremes going on, but it's like this bizarre mix of like any given moment, like complete and utter like rage and like depression to like an extreme amount of like um hopefulness and kind of like feeling galvanized um and it's not even just like it's not just like just some dumb shit like oh trump is doing this now right <laughs> like you know because i'm like white supremacy's been doing stuff now now i think it's more even just like the fallout between like kind of like discourses and various type of like um movements and that all of our favorites are problematic right like and being able to like be in this moment of like and even even when you accept the idea that purity is not the point so much i think there's mm. still so much like pain and being like trying to navigate then what is what is of best utility right like yeah. you know what i mean and and where and what is kept sacred then mm. in a world where anything is up for utility right like and things like that and then at the same time um, and, and then just even just seeing kind of the the schisms that happen between different type of activist communities and, and organizing communities and, and fallouts between um, collaborators and things like that. And then at the same time, um, also just being, you know, the, the thing about rune is like etymologically, the word populate means to like fill up and but also to rune. And so mm -hmm. like that idea of like in, in rune, in, in, in the messed up is like where things get refilled you know yeah, in new ways tickling my fancy with that etymology <laughs> <laughs> damon is, is a uh i'd say a burgeoning etymologist i guess etymologist. A, a linguist I would, with, with yeah, the, yeah like with out of, linguistics, yeah. Is that linguistics language yeah i just have the app i just have the dictionary so just all day i just like look up the origin of, of words how do you like when you get to stuff like that like when you get to real deep like that type of knowledge where the word comes from where, where are kind of your sources I mean, it's just research, 
right? Like, I mean, like sometimes it's like tracking and like a lot of times like- Because like just to context the question a little bit, because I, I see you go like really deep on everything. Mm-hmm. And so like for like a Facebook post, sometimes, like sometimes it could just be some social. <laughs> I'll be like, this word you, is actually- are you, doing, are you like doing research in the moment or are these things that have like crossed your path? <laughs> <laughs> in the moment. And then also a lot of it is like a constant thing, right? Like, and I kind of feel like- you know, we use words as shorthand all the time. Like, you know, you always hear people saying, like, you know, I'm operating from a black queer feminist lens. And it's like, but have you really read like the Kohambi River Collective Statement? Have you read like a bridge called like my back? Right. Like and that like compilation of like uh, of writings where where so many, you know, awesome queer black feminist writers are there. Have you you know, and there's there's all these words that, that have become you know, shorthands like homonormativity is, is, you know, is, is oh, one like, know you know, <laughs> homonormativity, I guess. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said something. Talk, talk, <laughs> no, I heard what you said. That. I do know that one. You know, like the, uh, the Anthropocene and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know, we, we, and, and, and the, the thing about right now where there's a professionalized, where, where activism has become professionalized right. in multiple ways, right? The academic, uh, the academic activist, the nonprofit activist, right? There's, um, you know, there's in circulation a lot of discourse and, and buzzwords that give, you know, that give currency and credibility. Um, but I don't think we've always done our work in how we use them. And, and then they lose their power. So right. like my brother was, my brother's a musician. He was here in July and he was playing a show that was like a, I think it was like a Planned Parenthood. He went back show. already? Yeah, he left already. He's such a like cool young person. I concur. <laughs> right? I concur. He's one of those cool kids. Here, yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, he was playing this show. It was like a benefit show. And he's playing with Kaina, who's been up here in Morimoto and a couple other folks. And the host was just basically her big move was she just used the word intersectional for everything. She was like, if y'all could move to this other side of the room and move closer to the stage, it'd be super intersectional. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, if we could mix the AC, the A did like the A row by the D yeah, row. Super duper intersectional. <laughs> that seems like a parody. <laughs> but it is like, you know, <laughs> and he was just like, man this is some and he's like in a place just a brief side note he goes he's in one of those academic spaces where the buzzwords are are everything right and he's trying to figure out like one what does what do any of them actually mean and then how do i actually fit this into my life in a way that isn't uh questing for an impossible purity and you mentioned that earlier it's something i've been thinking about a lot um how do you wrestle with that for you in terms of like knowing that we all commit harm in participating in our world and that that can't be the only motivator. It's just something is to like not commit harm. It's just something personally I'm always struggling with. Yeah. I mean, I think there is, right? Like, I think, I think the first, the first thing is like, there's two things, right? There's like discursive politics and there's embodied politics, right? Like, let's get some definition, you know? And so discursive politics is like discourse. And we know discourse is like, is, is language, right? It's like, it's the conversations that are out there. It's the histories, the histories that are recorded, right? Like they're all in the contest of like authority or in the contest of having the lock on, you know, on, on, on credibility or, or, right. or things like that. Right. And then there's embodied politics, which is like what you embody, how you live. You know, and so I think like for me, um, 
you know, when I say that purity is not the point. Do you give examples of those? Yeah, like embodied politics is like, you know, I felt awkward drinking this bottle of water that, that y'all handed me because <laughs> I don't drink bottled water, right? Like, um, because of the fact that... We would have been very offended, too, if you had just poured it out of the middle of the studio. Like, just, like, been like, fuck this, I'm taking a protest. <laughs> Yo, I should have done that. Just as, like, a performance art piece I for y'all. Though the only uh, problem is that there's carpeting in here, which probably hasn't been checked like, since 1965. All this, like, just like... Like mold, eerie like shit would just start like rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The ghost <laughs> of pugs out of my <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, and so like I think like that would be it, right? It's like what is it what are what are the ways that you that you embody stuff? I mean, I think it's really simple. Like for me, like sex is a perfect you know, I think that like sex between partners or, you know, p- between two partners or multiple partners is where the politics of a relationship become, mm. you know, clear, no you know, like, the, you know, in, in certain ways, um, the inner movement of the politics of relationships become clear, you know, in certain ways. And like who's giving, who's taking things like that, that you know, queer identity, uh, gay man, gay male identity, I would say, has like the power bottom even. Right. Like and these these things that actually combine words of body. Right. And um, right. And, you know, embodied politics is like, um, you know, I also think we can look at the stuff that's been around like disability studies or even around uh, the activism around AIDS. Right. I'm getting a little bit on a tangent, but like uh, we got time. Well, like, <laughs> tangible. <laughs> you know, like Im- <laughs> like the idea of like immunity. Right. Like when like act up activists around the country were like bucking up, you know, in the 80s because the government was letting them die. Um, you know, gay people die of AIDS. Um you know, what it highlighted was who's immune in society then, right? right? And who's allowed, who's, whose immunity is kind of cultivated. Um, and we see that, right? Like right now there was just a uh, protest that the Taco Bell in Wrigleyville oh my God. is shutting down. Yo. Right? Like, and it's like. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. And the and Chicago Tribune wrote an article about like this two, shit. Like two, I think. Right? <laughs> like no. an article about and, it closing right. down and then a follow-up, like, and now people are protesting. And just this last week, we had the March for Joyful Resistance in you know in pilsen which was uh local pilsen uh predominantly mexican-american um you know a mexican immigrant activists and artists getting together to march against displacement and also celebrate our hoods right um and that that wasn't in the tribune that wasn't in the sun let's just like be a little bit specific for like somebody who might not be in chicago or somebody who missed that story so there's like a taco bell right by wrigley field wrigleyville is where wrigley field is where the cubs play yeah um (laughs) it's become a gentrified neighborhood for i would say roughly the past 15 to 20 years part of its gentrification means um that uh it's become a really white neighborhood where a lot of white bros wear cargo shorts backwards hats and throw up uh <laughs> after drinking too much bud light the good thing about and blue moon just, it's just right. i wish they use it for that instead yeah, that should yeah. be sound like piss and puke <laughs> all the time um and so uh part of there is a taco bell located in the area um that they love to get their drunk food at by they i mean them and by them i mean <laughs> how you mean those people right those people them by cargo they, short I mean. wearing backward hat motherfuckers um that love taco bell um and you so you really need all those pockets in the pants what <laughs> right. are you carrying yo they're uh, chalupas is what they got <laughs> in there. but like they um so they so you know the the hoopla that was created around the chalupa hoopla <laughs> right that's like going to be a new menu item i'm trying Trademarking that man, <laughs> you exploit me. I'm coming for you. Um, but so they, um, yeah, the, the fact that a fake Mexican restaurant can create more noise, you know, the, the displacement of a fake Mexican 
corporate chain restaurant could make more noise than the act than the displacement of actual Mexican residents and and you know uh, it's enterprises. Not like not a Taco Bell within a mile, uh, right? <laughs> like in Wicker Park, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, and the one in Wicker Park is fancy too. I've never ate Taco Bell in my life, right? So like, like I not once. It, no, not once. <laughs> Man, As there a, was there was one in our college town, and there were not a lot of other. Did you ever go to that one? It was a KFC combined, so I would option. You're like, I was fulfilling all sorts of stereotypes, <laughs> but my homie Miguel, he went to the Taco Bell side. <laughs> old farmer sitting in the corner like, I knew it! <laughs> right. So, I don't even know where the hell we were. Yeah, but... but I want to go back to that embodied politics. Yeah. Because does, you... Sorry, Dave. Yeah, no, go ahead. Just the, <laughs> the split there between the discursive and the embodied just personally, how do you come to terms or how have you come to terms with the fact that those two things don't always line up um, or that there might be things? So, right, there's this thing called price and capitalism, right? And price, right, is supposedly what the value is of something. Right. And how capitalism works is by lying about what the price or the cost is of something, mm-hmm. right? Through it represses, wa- uh, it, it represses wages and, Great right, scarcity, like labor, okay. right? All these things. And so, right, like that's a perfect example of, right? And so it, it's actually obscures, right? the the relationships that actually of of labor to to thing of what it actually costs to make something right like our apples would be like 10 bucks a pound if it wasn't for undocumented people picking them um our apple phones probably don't cost you know shouldn't cost as much as i as they do neither should nikes right like um but uh so i think that's how i think about it with like do like what you what you talk and what you walk Mm. right like it's like am i am i putting am i able to um you know proclaim value assert value you know what i mean like to this to to who i am and to what Mm. i do without actually having that embedded in the material relationships and practices and actions and doings that i do that's really interesting so it's not like how can i be pure but it's how can i live without defining myself by those by how can i live by reconciling how can i reconcile the contradiction you know what i mean realities and ideals yeah are you not exhausted (laughs) yeah yeah because it's like it's like every day that it seems like it's you know you mentioned it as an aquarius like always being enraged Mm uh and the the shit we're talking about is so all consuming and everywhere right and and so like even a, a cute little puff piece about taco bell right. is actually infuriating right. right so like walking around with that fury all the time how do you balance how do you sustain energy levels or or or, or is that a struggle where was it in the, in the actual embedded beyond the political yeah so i think one of the things is like for so long my career like and i and i say career but like my practice at life has been <clears throat> Power can't touch or power can't see. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was being non-oppositional, non-reactive. And so for so many years of my life, right, I was like surrounded by the the spaces that I was cultivating and, and the people that I was cultivating them with, right? And so that was so affirming, right? Like, and that was so gratifying and fulfilling and happy. And then um, I think as I got older and was securing certain levels of privilege, like being in a PhD program where it's, you know, where I'm fully funded, right? Like, and um, working for, a cor- you know, essentially working for in the in knowledge production for a corporate university, you know, it became about, well, how, if I'm going to be entangled in these spaces anyway, if I can't live on the outside, you know, and if I've made choices, right, that, that have also, you, you know, resulted in that, how then do I leverage what I'm getting out of these spaces? How, how do I steal from them? You know, I, I have students that some of them didn't really have secure housing their senior year of high school that are now on full scholarship, you know, at NYU. Um, 
and I don't think that that's necessarily right, right. And that's that's own problematic of like having to like constantly tell them like you are not exceptional, right? Like, right. and do not but believe in exceptionalism, right? Like, you know, like um, or something like that. But I but think you do deserve a roof, right? You know what I mean? And like, you do deserve education, right. and like, you are smarter than half the people that get to go to these places. So like, beat them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I think um, but it's beat like them. Does that not, is that not like kind of a, a competitive? capitalist nah it's about i think that's about like the, the defiance of expectations that are you know what i mean like mm. um and also about being disruptive you know in a lot of ways um which i hope that you know i got them good at but i also think that for me it's like you know now i'm in a more oppositional space right like um where i'm at in my life and the people that you know the, the, the spaces that i traverse are different you know so that's there's a lot of like calling out yeah. stuff and you know but like that didn't happen until i got into my 30s that's really interesting so last week we talked with miriam kaba on the yeah. show and she was talking about like the shift for her whether it's on twitter or just like in the work that she's doing to you know moving more onto like national electoral politic organizing um because that's what's needed in this moment and i hear you talking about like that move to not not reactionary but reactive mm -hmm. work um or I would call it responsive. Responsive. Yeah. That's probably a better word. Uh, how much of that is linked specifically to like this moment? How much of that is pre-election? How much, like what, what drove that shift for you? I think it was about knowing that if I wanted to survive and, and you know, and have certain types of um, security that I was going to become implicated in a lot of ways. And I had to let myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and that th then if that was going to be if it's like, you know, and how absorption usually works is people get absorbed. They're happy they got nominated for this. They're happy they 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 got into this place. They they got this title. They got this, you know, they got this pay raise. They're recognized by this institution or whatever. And they post it on Facebook and they wear it proudly. Like, I've never felt that way. Right. Like about that stuff. And what I've been about, like what I what I think I try and think about a lot is like sabotage. And like being a, you know, being a fugitive, but it was also about like, this also embedded in this is like real shit, right? Like money is real. Money gets, allows people to like pay to eat and like, you know, um, so then like, how then do, do you use that stuff? And, and it became a thing of just age of where I was at, of being able, of needing to survive. I was, you know, one of the reasons that I applied to grad school is I was in a basement in Brooklyn, in an abusive relationship. And I was like, oh, they would pay for me to pay for my rent <laughs> like and all i gotta do is read and be smart like cool like you know like and so like i think about stuff like that and so i just think for me you know it's been about you know it's been it's been kind of um it's been about yeah it's, it's it is what's needed in the it, it's it's what's needed like in the biography and in the context right mm -hmm. and biographies usually don't matter without context um yeah yeah w w so one thing i i, I wonder about you Rick, Ricardo. What do you? What do you? <laughs> is that like in this kind of you, like you rolled the R? This, this, yeah, yeah. I attempted. It's it good. Uh, good try. Good your first try. <laughs> not first try. It's just you know, it's slow and steady. Um, <laughs> in this kind of like the season you're naming, whether it's age, whether it's positionality, whether it's just time of being more responsive, being more like outwardly um, discursive. Let's let's like stay with that language. Um, is there, is there any time where you're like, man, I maybe went too hard or I didn't think that through in a way? Or, I'm always, I'm usually more like, regretful that I didn't go hard yeah. enough. Okay. There's never been a time where you've like regret like, ah, maybe, maybe I articulate I'm really quick wrong, to apologize. I'm really quick to like. What's one of the best apologies you've had recently that you've um, given out? 
I mean, <laughs> I would say that, you know, there is the there's the woman of Honey Pop Performance Group, which is a great uh, it's a black woman performance collective and Azalea Banks, which she first started popping off. Not like when she took it to the extreme, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was just like, yo, like fuck Azalea Banks and her anti-immigrant Trump supporting rhetoric. And one of the things that um, I believe it was Abra, um, Abra Johnson, uh, that's what the group um, pointed out was that, yo, you know, Azalea is someone that's like hurting, right? Like, and that, I, you know, and it's true, right? Like right before she started that Trump rhetoric, she was talking about how she's shunned by the whole black music industry and community and not valued in the way that someone like Iggy Azalea is more likely to get put on the BET awards than her. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I do think as a, as a lyricist, she's brilliant. Like the yeah. 212 and that, that song is still, I feel ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Shout out Uptown. She went to, she went <laughs> yeah. to high school as my brother. Um. And so I do believe, right? Like that was a thing where I was like, right, like you love your said biography without context. The more Daniel's in Chicago, the more New York referential he gets. I actually want to talk to you about that. Oh my god. Especially the high school shit. Right. Um, He's like, yo, the Bronx. (laughs) I'm like, did you go to Grinnell? Like um but um, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson went to high school. Wow, you've actually been listening. <laughs> yeah, I listened to my friends. Um, but so the just, she pointed that out. Yeah, and and you know that was the time I messaged. I'm like, you're right. You know what I mean? Like there is, and as someone that's like older than Azalea, right? Like, and as someone that people, I think a lot of the young people look at how I respond. Right? It's important, like how I model. You know how you're also having compassion for people when they fuck up, no matter how fucked up they're being, right? Like if I live in a world with no prison, and like that's I think what you see, right? Is like Facebook fallouts are, you know, some of them are I think are are real and necessary, and a lot of them are like, no, you said this, and like yeah, someone could say something problematic, and it's like you're racist. No, it's like that's racist, right? right? Like you know what I mean? Like that statement is, and like is it emblematic of racism in the person? Sure, but like is that what they are reducible to? No, right? Like you know what I mean? Like and. You know, and so I've been thinking a lot about how that shit works. Like, you know, something like I think about like Matrix, right? Like yeah, the Matrix Matrix and movie, and like how they had those cords that plug into the back of their heads. Mm -hmm. And I feel like racism is like a technology; it's a logic, and like if you plug into it or it plugs into you in moments, and like you know, and so and you're accountable for whatever you do when you know when you Mm -hmm. let the cord slip in or when you you know for not pulling it out sooner or you know not taking that space, Um, but that it is. Hmm. its own force you know what i mean like that exists in this like kind of like and i'm getting theoretical and like speculative as hell and so like and and it's allowed me to always go back to the matrix right (laughs) i can you know we in a simulation (laughs) um but uh i read about robots all the time so like this is like part of my problem but it's it's given me it's given me a, a lot of way to um a lot of space to be a lot of like compassionate and like you know um be able to like come at go for people but then still give them space to be like yeah but like you know what i mean like all of us you know if i, I want to live in a world where we're, we're available for change at any moment right right like that to me like as someone that's trained in performance and acting right like like presence means available for change at any moment right. and you're responding and observing and, and right in conversation and i want to give people that freedom right. to feel that they can change at any moment right and some of it might be that they don't know how right and, and so that's the the problem. It's something you know. There's been enough damn think pieces written about like call everything. out culture and everything else as well. But <laughs> yeah. it is I've, been about, I've been thinking about a lot is like I just think there's a lot of people who are really myself included who are very confused and don't have places to say like, hey, I don't understand this. I'm confused. But that's when you live in an like right authority like an authority where right. authority is the hierarchy, right? Right? Like 
and that like and that expertise is like what's valued right, right. and then people and wave their expertise flags and they wave their authority i mean the best thing about a show like the hood wazi is actually like being in the interviewing position where you just have to ask the questions automatically puts you in the position of having to learn mm-hmm. and so it's a cut for me every two weeks is a practice of like how do i how do i learn and give authority and maximum credibility oh, to know. the other. Yeah, you know, no, that's part of what's fun about it is you get to kind of be the proxy for the audience, right? To kind of open the door to to these different things, and you don't have to claim, it, yeah, just the power dynamic. It's part of what's so exciting about this form to me, and why I, we've been doing it for two years. Right. It's like you don't have to claim quote credibility or authority mm-hmm. on anything. You just have to be willing to listen and, and, and ask the questions. Yeah, that's my and so like how. Did, what do we do about the thought piece culture? Because that word authority, to get back on like the, the etymology of it, right? It means to, to author. It means it is written, right? So what, what I write is then what is. We divorce it from consumer, from consumption patterns, right? We decide from consumption logics and mentality, right? Like when we go, when we read think pieces, how often, like the ones that we share, like when do you share one that you disagree with? <laughs> you know what i mean like when are you like yeah let's i disagree with this let's think about this yeah. you know what i mean like actually you're like Ooh, we should make that like a day or two right have like a real engaging right. conversation because like usually what happens is like you you buy you buy it you you know you you post them like the way you buy books or cds it's it's all a way of cultivating your identity right. of you know what i mean of telling yourself who you are right like by telling others what's wrong with them you know and then amplifying when someone else has done it first and this thing called the think piece and so it's right like this way in which like you know, the individual becomes an amalgam of like these little bits, right? Like a composite all right, of all these little bits. Like slow down. I don't, I don't <laughs> right? Like, like amalgamation. Uh, right. Okay. Amalgam. I like that. Like of all these little bits it's that like they're DJ collecting. DJ yeah. <laughs> Amaldan. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, and it's like kind of like, you know, and so it's like no one ever actually engages in this real way. I had to burp right now. Um, and so uh, (laughs) but so like that the way they you know and i think that's kind of like what it is right is like that that thought piece culture and so then it also becomes a lot of you know i think there's again there's wounded attachments to authority there's Mm -hmm. wounded attachments to being silenced and not being heard and so part of right especially in a sphere of social media right it's like well no you're gonna listen to me you're gonna hear me and so it's like and i'm gonna share this i'm gonna share with the snarky thing like bloop or you know what i mean (laughs) like oh i ain't gonna say nothing but all white woman got right like or this like that And i think that stuff you know i don't think it's important for me to like make a judgment on the pain as much as it's like recognize what are the patterns of communication and like what what use does it have and what what isn't useful about it right you know what i mean so yeah yeah, you've referenced it um now and then also at the beginning uh and i think it's a good transition like out of the theoretical into like what's actually going on with you with hood uh and i think it's, it's been really dope uh and i think uh just an example of how this medium of audio and podcast and is really interesting in this time uh as we are like the radio side but who was is more like a a tv talk show without the cameras yeah. you know uh, and just like the sound of, of that space so what was the the inspiration or the the development process that got you into this is going to be a thing that i do and then i do it consistently and then i do it well yeah i had an idea about it for i had, I had an idea like in like 2005 actually right like for years and like like a lot of things before that steve I, jobs did. Right? like a lot of things a lot of things that i have like people don't ever give like you know it's like it was hard to find resources or i was just trying to like stay keep my head above water i was like you know totally like um enthralled in some other you know action or movement and, and 
and then, people weren't taken to the name calling a podcast a Ricardo cast. Like, <laughs> <fucking I'm> not... <laughs> but like it was, it was actually like, the, and 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 then it was just kind of like you know. But part of what the show is is right. It's a it's a biweekly show that goes to a different judgeifying neighborhood, um, you know, every month, and then puts on shows that um, are meant to disseminate block optic or uh, radical perspectives um, on the uh, you know on culture and politics, and then also. Um, create space for radical activists, people that I feel, according to my judgment, are doing radical work, right? Like in the moment, um, or that are elders that I think should be What is some of that framework, like loosely, of, of how, how you define that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the first thing, right, is like radical is not just like, did they, you know, hold up a poster or, you know what I mean? And like scream the loudest or are they against everything? This is my favorite etymology of them all. All right, radical means to, to like root. get to the root, right? And so like I think it's about like and but I think how radical politics is practiced is like you know, it's not like revolution is not an event to me. It's not like oh the revolution happened and now capitalism is overthrown. Like good luck if that's what we're trying to achieve, you know, in our lifetimes. But revolution is like uh is a relationship. And that's me borrowing off of Patrick Wolf, this native scholar that said colonization is not a struct is not an event, it's a structure. It's not like colonization happened on the timeline and then it's over, right? We still see colonization happening all the I mean the Dakota Access Pipeline is an example of like, you know, colonization as a or the structure. Entire Caribbean, right? Right. Oh you know, God. or like race relations, right? <laughs> like um but so uh you know I think that uh you know with that um I think that's what revolution right, and, and radical politics is. So seeing people that are operating um, with that level of um, openness and also that level of like, you know, of, I, I speak in like a sound effects and like hand gestures and it's hard, but that level of like, like laser, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, not stopping. And I, I think, and, it, <laughs> well, and that matters right now because right now what we have is like people settling for increased representation, right? right? Like that they, that they, they exalt all their efforts that just, you know what I mean? That just mean like better representation, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, and I'm not That's for that things. shit That's or space making. And I'm like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like why, why do you, why do we need to make space in the culture industry? Why do we need to make space in, in city hall where they're trying to kill us anyway right like you know what i mean so i think like when we think about that stuff for me like that's what that those are people that i'm highlighting that are actually actively um and consciously self-consciously because all conscious is self-conscious anyway i think right like you mean by that like that there is no that like human conscious is self-conscious and i don't mean like that it's about selfish but it is about awareness of self in in Mm -hmm. space and like identity yeah. Right. Is I think the you know, as much as it, I think that we pretend our, our fantasies of identity is about collectivity and it is, it is also very much what people. Right. Literally, how do I understand myself, myself. in relation to the world? Right. Not just how do I understand the world in relationship to myself? Right. You know, and so I think like. Um, but so when I think about that shit, right? Like part of it though, but part of back to the hood, Wazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. Sorry, man. Dude, but it's it just kind of like the hood, Wazi is just like my shit where it was like, yo, I need it. I want, I want to make a show. Um, you know, the people that are actually always talked about in discourse by academics, by news, by things like that are never the people that are directly involved. Um, they're directly actually hit by the shit that they talk about, right? Like policymakers make policy. The people aren't there, right? Like that's how representation is an example of failure, right? Like, and capitalist, a activists get on TV to talk about 
activism and they're not actually there right. or even if they are then they're still spending half their time on tv right 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 right. and so like i think for me it was like how do we actually democratize or generalize i hate the word democratize like how do we generalize discourse and who has access to discourse and who can participate in discourse and start creating models and why does politics right like why does it have to be this authoritative how we know the talk show format is like white guy with a suit and tie right like the john especially around politics john oliver john stewart and why couldn't it be like a genderqueer brown like freak like myself <laughs> like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that um wears mesh in like all black and like skirts and like <laughs> you know what i mean like things like that um and so uh, i think that was kind of you know part of it and then also why does it have to be in this why can't um it be in this way that is more inviting Mm-hmm. Right. Like for me, like if politics about let's get free freedom to me, it doesn't look like let's just sit in a conference hall and talk about Audrey Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Like it means like getting drunk and like drinking and like dancing and like having fun. And like so kind of like creating a space that's conducive to all that. So it's a little bit of party activism, too, maybe, I guess. True. Um, and so if that was a lot of the intention going into it, what have you learned now? How I many it was it like 12 yeah, so, right. Twelve. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Been doing it since the since, inauguration. Then since the inauguration, um, I mean, it's been great. It's like the I would say that the failures of it. I'd like to talk start there. Uh, the failures of it is like I don't think that it has as much of a popular. I mean, anywhere the lowest number that we've had show up is like sixty. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, oftentimes there's been upwards of eighty, and sometimes like our humble park shows drew out over a hundred people. Um, the ones in Pilsen drew out over a hundred people. Um. And, you know, that, that I would say like, sometimes it is not always like just people from the block walking in and the neighborhood that we're in. And I would say that would be our biggest failure. But I would say that to that, there's still a lot of people from the block, right? That like walk on in. And there is still a lot of people that don't have college degrees that like show up, you know what I mean? Like, and so I think, but, but I would say that is um, kind of it. Like, am I really creating a, a space? But I think like, we're really good about making sure that like, we have like an actual that we're actually bringing people across lines of like identities and things like that, like into the space. Right. Like yeah. we have like trans people of color on like it's not like uncommon. Right. Like um, we've had like a and they're not just talking about being a trans. person, Right. You know what I mean? Time. Right. Yeah. Like and so I think like that we've been kind of pretty um, and I say and I highlight trans people because I feel like they're so marginalized, even in the most you know self-professed and self-imagined radical spaces. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I think we've been really, really good about that. And it's just been, it's been a good time. Like it's a, even in, even when, even in moments where it's, I'm like, man, we're, we are preaching to the choir. It feels really good to hear the choir sing, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and I think that's, that's been cool. And so Shout out to the choir. Yeah. There's right. like a reason people go like, that's a, that is a powerful force. It's not the only, like, it's not the end point, but it mm-hmm. is like important to have that, um, one, just that check that, like, what you're saying isn't bogus in other people's eyes. <laughs> right. But also just that feeling of, like, it's just so harmony. easy to end up feeling alone. Yeah, harmony is, is the right And, like, you know, sure. part of it is, like, you, you know, like, I want to love the people that I'm on the front lines with. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, I want to get to know them. I don't want, you know, like, and I also want to determine what do the front lines look like. Yeah. Right? Like, and so I think part of, like, like it, you know, I don't think it's just, I think direct action is super important, but I don't think it's the only thing. Um, I actually think that if what, what capitalism proved that, that culture is so effective 
at enchanting the masses and at mobilizing the masses, right? Marketing is all about how you can influence people's right. behavior, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's, and it's it all about images and sound. And if right. it didn't work, it wouldn't be like the fourth biggest industry. In the <laughs> right. Country. You know, like, we know it works. And so for me, like part of what my work is always located in is like culture, right? Is, is the aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like, I actually think that people change when they feel something. And the idea of aesthetics is that like, you're confronted with the aesthetic encounter or object and you feel something different, right? This is like Immanuel Kant's old white ass right like in the 1400s or like talking about this and so like i feel like something like the hood I was waiting for the contract <laughs> it's fine god i like no you're that guy it's fine i <laughs> pretended that i read it but like uh, um but uh i actually read it but like so like the thing though is that like um i didn't understand it i need to like read like interlocutors but like um but i think that one of the things i'm thinking about is like that so like part of what that show was like what that show is about right like is also about like I've never not thought of it as ultimately and eventuating into a platform for mobilization. Mm -hmm. And I think like right now and what that mobilization looks like, I don't know. I mean, like our first kind of call to action was to go see Get Out yeah. in the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when it first came out to like try and create some immediate support for it in Naperville um, or wherever we went. They're all the same to me. Napier yeah. River Forestry, like whatever they're called. How 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 was that? Did, uh, did I mean, it was fun. There was like, we were the only people in the theater. Like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I guess like, you know, I guess we got some numbers for it, but like, you know. There, there was very little face-to-face -face confrontation. Yeah. Uh, you know? Faces were hiding. Everyone goes showing up with like Black Lives Matter shirts and like, we were just like showing them to each other in the theater. <laughs> but I mean, it lets you like, you know, hopefully they kept it in that theater another week, you yeah. know, like, um, but I think that one of the things though too, is that like, yeah, right. Like, so I think that's it. Like if we think about colonization, right. Like that's like, so the, the nature of culture is to go viral, right. Like our culture is always lives spread, in a viral spread, yeah. right. It's a viral thing. Um, it, it lives in, in virality. Right. And so like, that's what colonization did, right. We all internalize the beauty standards of white supremacy. We all internalize the fantasies of like wealth and accumulation. We all, right. Like, and, and so like, for me, it's like, well, how do you create, um, you know, a parallel, a, a parallel universe of cultural values and mm. things like that. You know, speaking yeah. of viral parallel universes, <laughs> Segway. What do you got? What a great show! <laughs> oh, right. Bro. oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's, that's we bro. we like you weren't. I think when we talked before, it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and like you kind of blew blew up. So that hadn't come yeah. out. Hudwazian started this. New we were just talking. Wanting to go. <laughs> yeah. Is it's just great. one? That's just like great. one is just a great show. Like mm -hmm. I think what I was really impressed with. Well, this is a web series that Ricky. We'll we'll, we'll let them contextualize. But <laughs> what I was really impressed with is that it, it obviously had these fantastical like science fiction ideals, but then it was also executed at pretty much the highest level, right? Like it didn't look like it didn't look like, like a janky. Right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I was just really impressed with that. I, I want to beyond the like, oh, what made you want to do it? Like, how did it feel? to accomplish that and then to also be kind of in that like you were on some lists or in some like facebook posts of like check this out which is kind of what you said you reject or actively don't look for so what what is how did now that it's been about what nine months since it came out yeah uh how is it set in your body that you have created that and that that is a thing that <laughs> it's you, never you translated as success to me Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know, I know to say things like, Oh, it's a New York Times recommended web series. You know what I mean? Like, uh, in terms of like leverage. But the fact is, like, the only the first four episodes came out out of 12. 
right? And I feel like those first four are like accessible, they're easy people to latch onto, but the radical politics of the show, the depth of them and the, you know, the, the, the calls to action in it are in those last eight. And that's what we're filming right now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I was filming like up until like midnight last night. Yeah, we and got then, you on your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like, um, but the thing though about it is, um, you know, I, yeah, it's a, it's a web series that I consider decolonial media. It's about four gay Latino uh, witches that are also four gay Latino grad students that are also Isn't witches. There a white guy too? Yeah, he's an honorary <laughs> Latino, right? Like he considers himself an honorary <laughs> Latino, um, and that you know, and that's kind of like put that's there. A very funny casting call. By yeah, the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, like the um, but then so then they try to um, they're trying to you know destroy they're they're being hunted and also trying to take down a secret society called the Scientists that is. Um, uh, you know, uh, composed of the descendants of uh, straight wealthy of the first New World colonizers, and they're all straight wealthy white men. And so, part of what uh, you know the show is is like part allegory, historical allegory of like or making history into allegory, and um, you know, quickly ex- you know, uh, comprehensible, um, and then also um, a fantasy. And I mean, fantasy not just in the term of like fantasy of like oh there's witches and shit like that but also like what you fantasize yeah that that like people of color working across like differences in an extreme solidarity right like being able to dismantle white supremacy heteropatriarchy classism um you know and 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 imagining working towards a new world right or or standing at the edge of the cliff and not knowing you know how to build the road from there but you know or maybe they got to jump but also you know trying to figure that out we're I, 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 so something I always like to ask folks, because especially in that medium, because I believe we're like at a turning point where there's it almost like we're probably in the web series season where like podcasts were like three to five years ago. Yeah, right? that's of interesting. Like, there's a lot of brick being laid and road being formed and like being kind of at the beginning of this like flow. And as I think more and more people are going to try to invest in that, what have you learned in terms of process? that you didn't know going into it? Because I know you've written for, for, for stage a lot. Yeah, I mean, but... so I would say, like, I wrote the series in 2007, right? When, like, the web series Before genre, Steve Jobs thought about it. Right. <laughs> before, but, like, but, like, you could, yeah, I mean, like, before the... Kept calling them Gamboa series. <laughs> right, right. Before the web series genre blew up, right? And that's not about, like, trying to make myself originary. It's also, it's contextualizing, right? And so part of, like, what I think I was trying to do was less was thinking about a way to one make work right we fantasize film as being the democratic media and being this media that you know people could really grab to like tell the truth right like even the way we talk about the you know us catching police on cameras right but we know both like that the cameras still don't go right like the cameras still don't get an indictment and um, you can edit that shit right and they or do that turn it off right and then the other thing though also is like, use it to incriminate people further right that's really what it is right is you know these cameras are a scary tool for them to catch you right and uh, right and and then the other thing though is like with the web with with um so like there's that there's that thing and like with the and then and then also it's just super expensive to make shit and so my thing was like well making a web series would be more affordable than trying to make a feature but then the other thing was about trying to thinking about who i'm trying to talk to right like and that the and the way people are using media now right like it's it could be like trying to make something that was like quicker, more digestible, someone could watch on their phone, right? Like it, yeah. that that was kind of where I was going at. Like if you really want to 
talk to people. Like I think a lot of times how web series work is people make web series and hope that like a network or cable picks them up. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like showcasing, they're kind of like showcase what the idea is. It's, I think it's a pilot to the public. Basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, right. To get public, to manufacture consent, right. Or manufacture it's what the support. Was. Right. <laughs> and for me, but, but there was motherfuckers that are making the mixtape. That's like, no, this is for y'all. Right. Yeah, like the same for, right. this ain't just for recognition. This ain't just to like get some mobility. And I think that's like, I'm not trying to get a deal. I mean, that's, what's been so hard. Right. Like, is that, is is trying to make work that is ethically funded. I mean, and that that means like being rigorous with the foundations that you take money from uh, with the investors. I mean, like this shit could have been done years ago if I would have just like bit the bullet and been and and been like, yeah, Ravery, like give us money for this. Yeah, like you know th- these people give us money for this, and I've just been constantly saying no, uh, which has produced a lot of work. But I think that I have a great team around me of people. Um, one of the companies that we're working with is Cinema Libertad. You know, it's a you know it's Robert Stockwell and his team over there. Um, and they're doing so much in kind work because like we yeah. just believe in this project. We think this needs to be out in the world. Yeah. Um, and so you get to the point where it like feels right, and you feel like you can yeah. stand behind it, and it's more embodied and not just discursive. Right. And so like I think like that's that's where we're at right now. Um, and then, you know, I think I put intentionally problematic shit in that series. Um, like a white character that says like a lot of like kind of like insensitive ass stuff on purpose because I'm not interested in making invulnerable work, right? Like in art, we want to make the math, we have masterpiece mentality, right? right? And we also want to make the stuff that's going to please everyone. Like I want to make the stuff that's going to create conversations. And so like every episode when I was writing it, um, I was like, who am I going to offend in this? Mm. Well, or what? Or what's the, what's the default naturalized notion or yeah. consensus that I want to try and break up or put pressure on? And how can you offend without harm? Like directly, yeah. like, we kind of get wrapped up in this like don't punch down type thing but right. there, there's a lot of things that are, people are like claiming is not, is harmful that isn't inherently but we harmful, also need to offensive. like and we also need to throw away right like the idea of like yeah like there is like a hierarchy right like but then also like it's it doesn't just exist in a hierarchy right like it like exists like in a more kind of co- these complicated webs right? right like it's why someone could write a think piece like yo black people stop appropriating black americans stop appropriating african-american tribal garments right like because they're saying that like it's not just hierarchy right like and you know and this isn't you know or or, you know someone could go after lila downs right the mexican musician for wearing all this indigenous garb and you know what i mean like stuff and and not having to be in solidarity necessarily with indigenous this is why like like culture quote culture work is important is because culture is just super complicated and super powerful so like yeah but my thing is clarify it right like let's clear like for like artists and and artists and academics and activists i was like well i want to complicate i'm like fuck you it's complicated i'm like i'm I'm like i want to clarify like everything i'm like like and so for this i'm like i'm gonna clarify shit real quick it's about white people trying to kill us and like (laughs) and you know what i mean and like and 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 there was and it's a supernatural web series about us like actually dismantling that shit because like there is nothing we are nothing except super supernatural the way we are able to survive and sometimes like thrive and make ways of living underneath white supremacy underneath heteropatriarchy and so like you know and i'm and and i'm also kind of you know and as much as i can say that right there's a big part of it's an i'm an anti-identitarian right like i want i also think that like our attachment to identities are often problematic i also think half half the half the you know latino right the 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 latino pride right and i don't mean queer pride but like the pride that Mm -hmm. one has in being a latino is inherently problematic it's not even a term that we actually made right Mm -hmm. it's one that was like made for us and then that we leverage in the economy of identities and the economy of difference to get a purchase on our lives you know what i mean like and so like 
how how much well but like how much of our of our identities are contoured right by these forces mm-hmm. in our and the, and and we we want to attach them i'm like no i want something new but i also you know what i mean like so i think i think that's and i and i think that's like when you're asking like how do you like embody politics or why did you switch to this stuff like i started realizing like, oh i'm not the young person in the room anymore mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and i got to like and i can actually stay in this realm of like being on the outside but like actually like now i'm at a point where like I'm on the cusp. And if people are going to come for me and like take me and absorb me, then like you will, you will swallow the means of your, uh, uh, to an extent, right? Cause I'm only one person, but you will, sw- if you're going to co-opt me, you'll swallow, you'll co-opt the means of your own destruction. Mm. And like, I will make room for as many, like if I fucking die doing it, I'll make room for as many younger people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that they can do, have to do less, but be able to do more. Mm. And that's where I'm at right now with like that type of, so even a show like this, right? It's like, it would be so easy and tempting to kind of like, you know, take the deal, take the money in certain ways. But what's more important is to like actually prove that like, no, like we can make work outside of that system. And it is like killing. It's like it's painful, right? Like like a lot of the money for these last eight episodes, my dad is putting up, right? Like he's put, put up the I initial funding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, listen, like you're helping my sister pay for a wedding. Like I'm queer as fuck and I don't believe in marriage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so help you me got out. that little message. Right? <laughs> you know, I'm like, and like you take care of like my nibbling, like her, you know, her child. I was like, that's like free daycare. Like if you were to add up all the hours, like, you know, I'm like, so help me out. And he was like, of course, you know, he's you like, like brought in like a portfolio. Nah, I think I was just like depressed. He's just like, you know, and then he like, he was like, yo, I got you. And I was like, you know, I've been trying to make this series for a few years. Why didn't you get me early? So, so, so real quick. That's actually a good point. Cause it, it was kind of a transition, but it's actually just like going yeah. deeper into to where we are. Uh, Cause like, I've been joking about Steve Jobs, but like you said, you said that the two things that are basically like your your lead bio lines right now right. were uh, ideas in 2005 and 2007, right? right. Also, you mentioned a lot of like being in the shadows and being on the outside. As you reflect or see that Ricky, you know, what, 10 to 12 years ago, like what, what does that look like to you now? How do you reflect on that time? Because that's to be really frustrating to have ideas that obviously work, but they are are 10 years well, it's dangerous. away from being in, in fruition. Right? So, what does what does he look like back then? Um, I mean, I think that he was a lot more angrier, right? He was a lot more mm-hmm. kind of like and angrier at the world and the way it looks. And I think you know, and and it's actually the more that I'm I'm you know the more that I can have in a a, a a Skype meeting with an executive or a phone conversation with one, like you know, and and see like who's getting you know, who, who's getting opportunities not, it's just like totally infuriating or who's even at the top of right. certain type of institutions or, or things. I'm like, these people are dumb as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to know that like, you know, I can hire like 15 billion people that like are under 25, right? Like that like could do a 10 times better job, be more creative and are more competent, you know, like, right. but that's, you know, uh, Albert Memmi and the colonizer and the colonizer, which is where 1953 says colonization creates technicians. Mm. It doesn't create creatives. It doesn't create right. artists. It creates technicians. And right. I think we see that, you know, I think we just got to look at the presidency, right. right? To know, you know, p- political, uh, our government right now. But I think what I, um, I think that when I think about back then and now, why why I'm even highlighting those years is because one of the things that I've realized is important to highlight is what travels and what doesn't and what's allowed to get a green light and what's and what's not, right? And so like talking about a show with trans people a decade ago, where the where the leads were were genderqueer and mm. and trans people and it was about taking down white supremacy seemed crazy but you had like black lives matter you had right like you've had you've had the the advent of that you've had um you know trans visibility reaching an all-time high right where now 
that yeah, and, and then you have the Trump administration the where now people are like right yeah. um, you have advice for that 2005 20, 2007 yeah. Ricky yeah, yeah I mean because I actually don't think I'm in an unproblematic place precisely because of like I think what's hard is that like now all that sh- now that all that shit is is there what does it mean when this work does get greenlit mm. right like what does it mean like when when you do get you know when when the when these discourses are 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 floating around and and you know, you even see um, how people could leverage them, right? Like, I think some of the people that I, some of the people that I've worked with are some have now. I would view them as like the biggest hypocrites. You know what I mean? Like, and so like, who? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I would say like that, like uh, beef with the hypocrite coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great. Also yo. known as beef with an R and B. But like, I think about that. Like, in terms with like the shit is like you know like what is it because how it is how the culture industry has always worked how capitalism has always worked this is always created an outside if we take economy slavery is an example of that right and then like or culture industry right it's like graffiti was once considered illegal right and or hip-hop right was like not really considered art right like and now they advertise on the outside of subway right but they create that outside to keep it on the outside and then when it needs to revitalize itself it includes it Right. right. So like part of like it's the same way housing. It's like you keep a you keep property values down so that when you need them, you can buy them for cheap. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you think about that with this stuff, that's where I'm at right now. But that that absorption is the right. That absorption is the neutralization. Mm. Right. And so like I think that's why I'm really careful about this show. I mean, like there's a scene where, you know, the one of the black woman witches um, is at a as a as a queer as at a uh, queer femme uh, black spa that she hangs out at uh, underground spa, um, you know that's filled with black predominantly black women, and then they walk. Uh, a possessed cop tries to kill her. Um, she kills him with her magic, and then the other girls from the spas run out, and they realize that there's a horde of police coming at them that are possessed. And then they're like, oh, crap, you know. And, and one of the witches, one of the ally witches, right? One of the brujos is like, yo, but you know, they're possessed, you know, that cop tried to kill you. He's possessed. And like, no, they don't got to be possessed to try and kill us. And so then they all go and take them all out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's going to be a popular hit. I'll get some death that's threats after a- that comes out. But like, that's just a very funny scene to shoot. Yeah. There's yeah. also a shout out on the spoiler alert. But uh, oh, yeah. You're really I mean, giving us some, some, also some, shout some, out, some jibs. Shout yeah. out to the spa employees. They didn't know what they were signing up for. <laughs> no, I mean, they're going to be, they're active. They're actually still looking for that location. But part of that, right, was like, <laughs> was like, how do you then, like, how do you write, like, you know, how do you write a different reality? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and how do you also, like, for me, I want to put pressure on the idea of, like, um, you know, on the idea that that we hear, uh, one of the things that was so disheartening about being in Chicago, right, in the wake of the Laquan McDonald, um, you know, cover up and it being exposed was that like, not just that there was white people talking about like, oh, black people shouldn't be knocking down a Christmas tree. There was brown people talking about black people shouldn't be writing down and like these aspirational Latinos that I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Right. Like, <laughs> and I was like, no, like, because I actually think, right, like, you know, and I don't advocate for violence because like. Uh, but I'm not against it. And I don't advocate for violence because it's like, I don't, I'm never going to encourage anybody else to put themselves in harm's way. Just like I never tell a, gu- a kid not to carry, that he can't carry a gun to go to school if that's what makes them feel safe in the world that we live in right now. Right. right? Like, we're, we're running a little bit tight on sorry. time. No, we, look, I know we're having you back. You know, this is why you have a podcast. This is what, <laughs> this is what you do. I want to ask one more, just kind of on the, on the more personal side. Um, one of the things that I think as we've gotten to do more work together and just gotten to be better friends that makes me really happy is there's all of the the mental work and the and the in the world work that you do. And then you're also 
and I'm not saying this is in separate from that, like just hopelessly in love. Oh, um, my baby. Yeah, and <laughs> I just it's what it's and one. He's of so lucky. He is so lucky to have me. <laughs> 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 I wish we could go into it. <laughs> I, <wish> so, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's like one of the. You know, what we do here is we try to make a humanizing media space. And that's something that, but I think one of the things that has helped me, you know, round out or start to round out how I know you as beyond just a collaborator is just seeing like how joyfully you show your love. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't even really have a question on it. Just like, what, <laughs> what is, what's love doing to you? Um, I mean, well, I've been with Sean, Sean James William Paris. Motherfucker got four names, <laughs> um, but for uh, two and a half years, and it was kind of just like a very instantaneous fall in love type of moment, um, and that we've just kind of been, you know, riding the high of and, and and riding through. But I think, right, like for me, I mean, one part of it's like hard to be like in like a be a queer person that is like anti-marriage that's like mm. you know what i mean it was not abnormal for me to go to like a sex party right like or things like that like when i was like living in new york but then all of a sudden being this very kind of like normative yeah. couple domesticated right relationship <laughs> yo like uh i think it was like uh like six months ago i was like crying i'm like this ain't my life he's like what are you talking about like all we do is like stay in like a normal couple and like we i don't go out anymore and he's just like we were out on friday i was like <laughs> i was like yeah but that was like just this week he's like nah we were we were we went out on tuesday too <laughs> and i was like yeah but before that he was like saturday friday i was like but, but that was before that he's like but that's because people were coming over and i like had to like saltily like wipe away my tears and like be like okay well maybe you got a point but like but you know i think so but for me though what i think is like i had a choice where i could either kind of right when we uh right now especially it's polyamory is so trendy and things like that and i think that it's real right and i also want to point out right that i think it's just trendy it's also been a way of life for yeah. many pre-capitalist societies indigenous societies <laughs> right but i think it means different something different in this right. context right now right um and so for me what's been cool is like about being able to just keep on figuring out what intimacy means and go like deep with someone mm -hmm. and like you know i feel like every relationship you have that three to six month period and then you're like actually i'm not i'm not high off this anymore what's wrong yeah. with this person yeah. that i'm not feeling them so much anymore and really it's like what haven't you worked out about yourself yeah, you and how are they presenting that challenge right everything's, right? A, everything's a projection right, right. You bring all this baggage with you and then you just keep like swimming through it and it's like uh -huh. can you swim through it with the other person but like i've never had someone expose me and what i mean by that is like how many times it's been like i'm like oh well well this is what's wrong which i'm like you know i don't think i like this about sean and really i'm like oh this is what this is actually tied to mm. internally and i've never had someone model how to be such a good compassionate loving like everything about the activist that i want to be now like is modeled after the principles that he embodies and never talks about right. the intelligence that he has and is never posting. Right. Like right. he, like, yeah, I mean like his Facebook's like a desert. It depresses me. Right. <laughs> like, you know, but like he's so smart and he's so kind and like compassionate and just willing to like shut up, show up, do work, uh, be, be there for people um, in a way that is really selfless and that I, that I admire and not all these like martyr fantasies, but like in a way that's actually still present mm -hmm. and, you know, it's beautiful. I just, you know, I sweet. think it's important. And our sex is bomb. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ejaculate all over my face. <laughs> well, so if you want to stay tuned, for that, <laughs> you know what Ricky will do. Well, where can folks find your work, what you do, everything before we get out of here? 
Oh yeah, uh, you could uh, follow me on Facebook, Ricardo Gamboa or Ricardo Gamboa. You can check out Brujos at BrujosTV.com. We got eight episodes dropping in the wake of the Day of the Dead. Um, we have a premiere party at the National Museum of Mexican Art on November 9th. Um, it's going to be fun as hell. Um, and then uh, you can check out the Hood Wazi at the Hood Wazi face page, uh, Facebook page. And you might, <laughs> um, even, you might even see Damon and me there. I work yes, production for it. We're we're like, Y'all going to be we're, filling in for me. You guys are great. Actually, I would say that Ergo was, was very inspirational in terms of thinking about the podcast dimension of it. That is what I was hoping to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I love, you know, I love, the, I love, I love what you guys are doing here. Um, and so I even think like, when I, when I was like yo podcast you guys are definitely a reference appreciate that yeah, right. we'll be back next week as we continue to run it back here on WHBK with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond much love to the people peace peace